Ma'abam to the Kailal Igor de Perka. Okay, Pashas Vayichi. So we're going to examine a number of very interesting items on the parasha that uh, we may sometimes overlook. And that is the Bechlau, the Ramban tells us that Yaakov Avinu going down to Mitzrayim, one of the main themes in the Ramban is is that whatever happened to Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov is the uh, creates what will happen to Klai Yisrael, is the historical pre-enactment of what will happen to Klai Yisrael. So while the Ramban said in the beginning of Lech Lecha that when Avram Avinu goes down to Mitzrayim, that was the Masai of Simulabanim of later Klai Yisrael going down to Mitzrayim, Yaakov Avinu actually going down to Mitzrayim is the Masai of Simulabanim to the Golas that we're in today. Because Yaakov Avinu was the third of the Avais, and this is the third of the Galosim, so to speak. In other words, after Bayes Rishon, after Bayes Sheni. So the Galos that the Ramban refers to that as our Galos is represented by Yaakov Avinu going down to Mitzrayim. So look what he says. I've already mentioned Ki redes Yaakov Hu Hayoim That Yaakov going down to Mitzrayim is our Galos today through the fourth Chaya. Right, Daniel in his vision, he saw four Chayas. What did he see? He saw the first Golos was who? Bavel was the lion. And then Paras was the bear. And Yavan was the leopard. And then the Chaya Haravias was just a monster. And that monster represents so Roymi, right? the eyes of a man. Yeah, it, it had... Um, he had the eyes of a man. There are two different dreams, but in the, in the fourth, the fourth Chaya was an unspecified Chaya, Roimi Harasha, that is the uh, Golas of Rome. Kibne Yaakov, now what's the correlation between Yaakov going down to Mitzrayim and the Golas that we're in today, which is Golas Roimi? What's the connection? What similarities do they have? So, yeah, here, what's this, in other words, in the ways that Yaakov went down to Mitzrayim, how is that similar to the way we went into Golas Rome? That when we went down to Mitzrayim, we did it to ourselves. Nobody, nobody forced us to go down to Mitzrayim. Nobody coerced us. We did it ourselves. We decided to go down to Mitzrayim because we thought that would be our best opportunity. There was famine in Canaan, and Yaakov wanted to take advantage of the fact that his son was close to the king. The Ramban says that Paroi loved Yosef like a son. So Yaakov thinks, you know, it's the best thing to do is to, for us to go down to Mitzrayim. But we brought it on ourselves because we sold Yosef. The Yaakov, Yarad Sham Ibn Harav, Yaakov went down there because of the famine. The Chashav, he not sell in Benai, the Beis He thought he would be saved with his son in the house of the one who loved Yosef. Kiparo oevis Yosef, ukeben loy. The Ramban says, Paroi loved Yosef. Yosef was like a son to him. Now if you ask Yaakov, Yaakov, how long are you going down to Mitzrayim for? Yeah, a few months until the famine is over. Right? Yaakov had no plans to be there for 210 years. He thought he would get out of there very quickly. Like we say in the Haggadah, we came down, you know, to sojourn. Right? Whatever that means. Right? We came down to, to live there, dwell there temporarily because we have no uh, pasture for our, shepherd, for our sheep. <laughs> they thought they were going down temporarily, but they didn't end up leaving. Why not? 
Because uh, by the time the famine was over, they were too entrenched. Integrated. They were, the Shebud had begun. And we'll see exactly when the Shebud began. But they couldn't leave. What happened? The Golos was very long. They died there. And they never came out. Think about that. Klal Yisrael, the way we knew them, never came out. Which means the 70 Nefashas that went down to Mitzrayim, they never came out. You know what of them came out? Their bones. Their bones came out of the Golas. <clears throat> the officials of Paro brought out their bones. And they made a great mourning when they brought out Yaakov Avinu. Says Ramban, what does this have to do with Golas, Raimi? Likewise us. They didn't come. The Ramban says an amazing thing. Rome didn't come to Eretz Yisrael and set siege to Eretz Yisrael and capture Eretz Yisrael and conquer Eretz Yisrael. You know what happened? We brought it upon ourselves. We brought, it, we brought them on us. Why? Our brothers caused that we should be delivered in their hands. Why? Kikarsu. They made, they sealed the covenant with the Romans. In other words, it's not like Rome decided, woke up in the morning, you know, let's conquer the uh, land of Israel. No. Cloud, the Jewish people, the Jewish king, Agrifas, and the Hashmonaim, they figured they're going to make a covenant with Rome. And after Rome said, oh, this, this looks like a good covenant, they took advantage of us and they ended up conquering Eretz Yisrael. The same way, the Mitzrayim didn't capture us. We went down there. We brought it upon ourselves. So to Rome, we brought it on, on ourselves. Kikar subrisam haromiyam. We sealed the covenant with the Romans. The last king of the Jews in the times of the Bayesheni was Agrifas the second. Barach aleim Ezra. We ran to them to the Romans for help, and eventually because of famine, no Anshi Yushalayim, Yushalayim was captured. So in other words, if you would have asked when the um, Klai said, how long do you think Golos Raimi would last? We say, Golos Raimi? There is no Golos Raimi. You know, we were making a political pact with the Romans. <laughs> and eventually, that, we brought it upon ourselves, and the Golos has been marich, we don't know when it's going to end, Kishara Golios, right? Uh, all the people who say, yeah, we know when Mashiach is coming, right? he's arguing on the Ramban, the Ramban says, we don't know when the Golos is going to end. So, and says Ramban, and what are we like in this Golos? We're like bones. We're like bones. The same way, what happened to the Shivim Nefesh and Mitzrayim? All that was left of them were Atzamais. The state of Kal Yisrael and Golos were like bones. We're like bones. Serach Bas Asher. She lived a long time? Maybe, I don't know. She had a richas yamim. But in general, the general state, the general organism of Klal Yisrael were like, but right, the only one, they, the, the Shvata made it out is at Samais. Nigzarn, right, Nubai. look what the Ramban says. You know what we're like in Golos? Kemesim. We're like, we're dead. Klal Yisrael in Golos, today, it's like we're dead. Aymrim, we say, Yavshuat's Maisenu, our bones have dried out. Nigzar Nulanu, we're doomed. Fiyalu Aysanu, Mikaloamim, Minchal Hashem. But one day we will be brought out of this Golos as an offering to Hashem. Vyalahem, Evil Kavit, Baraisim, Kvaidenu, and the Goyim will have a great mourning when they see our honor. 
We will see Hashem's revenge. We should live before Him. So Ramban is saying something very powerful. And that is, as successful as we are in the Golos, if you want to know what's the best way to describe the state of Klaus on Golos, Atzamais. Dead. Misa. Misa. What are you, Misa? We have big yeshivas with hundreds of Talmidim, they're learning in Kaila, we have Shiurim. Misa. The state of Kla Yisrael in Golos 2013 is Misa. The Vilna Gain wrote a commentary on the Safra de Tzniyusa. You know, Safra de, de Tzniyusa is an uh, early Kabbalistic work, and the, the Gra wrote a commentary on it, which is completely incomprehensible, <laughs> except for the last uh, paragraph, which uh, we're going to read right now. And the Gra writes a um, very, very descriptive uh, illustration of uh, what we're like in the Galas. Take a look at this. And this is... Is uh, Eretz Yisrael is part of the Galas today? Is Eretz Yisrael... Yeah. Look, uh, even people in Yushalayim, they still dive in Yushalayim, Yerchab Rachamim Tashav. So they're still... They're still in Galas. They're still in Galas. They're not in Chutzlaretz, but uh, the Galas affects even Galus the... Galas is only Chutzlaretz? That's called Galas? No. No, even uh, the Yoshvei Ha'aretz, they're still, they're still in Galos. Okay, look what the Gra writes. The Gra writes, V'nei Kosov HaGra. Okay, this is at the very end of the Gra's commentary to the Safra, that's the Yusa, very powerful words. V'zele Shainai. So the last letter on each line got cut off a little bit, but this is very, very powerful. That's why it's in the It's the rest of it. Beis HaMikdash Haya Kemisa Bechlal Yisrael. When the Beis HaMikdash Hasheni was destroyed... It was like death to Kla Yisrael. It's not that we, it's as if we died. We actually died. You know, people say, you know, Kla Yisrael today, we're basically the same as when the Beis HaMikdash stood. It's just we don't have the Beis HaMikdash. No. The girl says, without the Beis HaMikdash, we died. Now no, it's like, like we say in the Baruch HaTayra, Ki Tzion Hi Beis Chayenu. No, Tzion is the, uh, our, uh, the house of our life. Rav Isaac Sher points out, you know, when Titzah uh, Sarasha came into the Kodesh HaKadoshim and he pierced the Kodesh HaKadoshim, what happened? So blood came uh, gushing forth. So the question is, why did Hashem make this miracle? You know, he wanted to trick Titus into thinking that Haragas Atzmai Kiviyachal. But Rav Isaac Sher says, the main lesson was for Klal Yisrael. That Klal Yisrael should understand that when the Beis HaMikdosh is being destroyed, it's like cardiac arrest for the Jewish people. It's like a heart attack. It's like a sword was thrust into the heart of Klai That's the Indian of the blood gushing forth. That's what the Gros is saying. When the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, we're left like a body without a soul. Now, that, that's already a big madrega. That's when the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed. But look how he's going to go through the history since then. I, when we left Eretz Yisrael, after the Goyim destroyed the Beis HaMikdash and kicked us out of Eretz Yisrael, so they took this corpse, that's like they took the corpse and they put it in the dirt. The Yitzhiyah, L'Chutzot, is like taking the dead body and putting it in the ground. And what does it mean to be in Golos? The, those, being in Golos is like the worms eating the flesh of the body. The nations of the world, they eat our flesh like the maggots. Says the Gra, at least in the beginning, we still had bones. When? 
in the times of Sura and Papadisa, we had major yeshivas, major academies of Torah. So at least we still had atzamas. Uvetchila nesharnu adayin atzamas. At least in the beginning of the Gulf, we still had bones. Shehema yeshivas hagdolos v'tamei chachamim. We used to have real tamei chachamim. Ad shenirkavu gamheim. To the point where even the bones rot. All we have is the dust remnant of the bones. So says the Gra, now in Galas, it's not that we're dead. It's not even that we're buried. We're not even bones. We're dust. It's like the bones have decomposed. Just like the temple, which is alluded to by the neck. Once the neck is taken, we have no life. It's a euphemism, we no longer have life. Says the girl, listen to this, this is Dvarim Nairam. We say in the Chadaidi, Hisnari offer Kumi. So we always think that means Hisnari offer shake us off. Right? From the dust that's on us. Yeah. You know, we're dusty. In the Gullus, we're dusty. Shake us off from the dust. No! Not shake us off from the dust where we've fallen. Shake us off from the dust that we are. Hisnari me'afar. Shake us off from the dust that we've become. We are dust. That is Klal Yisrael right now. And that's what the Ramban is saying. Misa Mamish. Yaakov Avinu comes out of, the, of Mitzrayim not as a chai, but as a mace, as atzamais. When Mashiach comes, the state of Klai Yisrael, going back to Yisrael, we're not coming out alive, so to speak. That's what the girl says. That's what we're waiting for. We're waiting for Tchias Hamesim. Kamay Dasev, Hisnari Meyafra Kumi. Look what he says. Not shake me off from the dust that I lie in. From the dust that I've become. That regarding this we're like dust. We're hoping Hashem should inspire a spirit from above. So this is a little bit of a reality check. A little bit of a reality check to think, you know, Yes, we're very successful in the Gullus, but compared to the way things used to be, it's not Misa. Misa would be a compliment. If somebody would say, you know, Kal Yisrael in the Gullus, it's like we're dead, we would give him a big Yashar Kayach. Yashkayach for giving us that much. But that's a compliment to say it's like we're dead. We're worse than Atzamais. We're Afar. Okay. Anyway, if that didn't put you in a good mood, let's see... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Um, <laughs> Very fancy houses dust. Yeah, everything is dust. Okay. Anyway, we know that if you look in the Sefer Torah, if you look in the Sefer Torah, we'll notice that Parsha Vayechi enjoys a feature that I believe no other Parsha enjoys to this extent, and that is it is Sasam. It's Sasam Lagamri. Which means, well, let's, see, let's take a look at Rashi. Rashi says, Why is this parsha closed up? Two reasons. Because when Yaakov passed away, The eyes and the heart of Klaisal got up, closed up. From the pains of bondage, they began to enslave us. So, Here's the first thing we have to understand. What's Rashi bothered by? Why is this parsha sasam? There are a lot of parshas that are sasam. Vayetze. Vayetze is sasam. Um, some say Miketz. Some say Balak. Oh, what's Rashi picking on Vayechi? 
So the Goraria points out, we'll see momentarily, and that is, even a Pasha that's Sasum, at least there's normally nine letters of space in between the end of Parsha A and the beginning of Parsha B. Vayechi, now normally a Parsha should begin on the next line. Right? Should begin on the next line. If it's, if it's slightly <coughs> closed up, then you, it begins on the same line with nine letters of spaces. But if it's Sasum Lagamri, then what you have is just one letter of space, as if it was the next Pasuk. So Parshas Vayechi, you wouldn't even know, it's, uh, you would think it's a continuation of Vayigash. Right? Vayigash ends, Vayifru, Vayirbu, Ma'od, Vayechi, Yaakov, Vayaret, Mitzrayim. So Gorari, yeah, yeah, listen to this Kasha. I don't understand. If it's Sosum Lagamri, then who told you it's a new Parsha? Maybe it's the same Parsha. Who told you Vayechi is a new Parsha? What, because the stone Chumash says Vayechi? So that's how... Who told you it's a new parsha? It says in the Gemara there's something called Parshas Vayichi. It doesn't say anywhere. So maybe it's the same parsha. I mean, if you're going to say that Vayichi is different than any other parsha because there are no spaces at all, so that should teach you. It's not a parsha susuma. It's, it's the same continuation of Vayigash. So we'll take a look in the Gorarye. Vayichi Yaakov, Lama parsha susuma from the Bereshis Rabbah, Afagav Shekama parsha susumais, even though there are many parshas which are sasam. Eina maksha rak parsha hazois. Rashi only asks on this parsha, Lefi shehi susuma mekavachal, because it's completely closed up. Shein lo hefzeh kamay shar parshas. There is no interruption like other parshas, susumais. Shehachiluk bein susumais, uvein psuchais. What's the difference between susumais and psuchais? Shehasusuma hi mascheles ba'oysa shura asma shemesayim ba'ha parsha shalafanel. Susuma means the new parsha begins on the very same line as the parsha in front of it. Rak shemaniach shir tesoisiais. It just leaves nine letters of space. Uparsha psucha and a parsha psucha Eina maschelas ba'oisa shura does not begin on that line. Avo parsha zus susuma mikol This parsha is completely stripped up. Ve'ain hefsek la rakam ayseif pasuk. All you have is like at the end of a pasuk. So ask the marav yin la'akshoyis acher shein la'revach klal. If there's no space, shema eina parsha b'sneyatzma. Maybe it's not a separate parsha. Vi parsha aches and parsha shalfanah. Oh, excuse me. Right, that's the Kasha the Maral. Kasha the Maral is, maybe it's one long Parsha. You know what the answer is? The best the Maral could come up with is, it must be, we have a Messiah that it's a new Parsha. That's, that's the only thing we could say. Because there's no indication from the Sefer Torah that it's a new Parsha. So he has to say, we have a tradition. From who? From Ezra, right? Ezra's uh, yard site was very recent. Testeves. Shabbos. Right? If you look in the Shulchan Aruch, it says, Testeves is a fast day. We don't know what happened. The Mishaburu says, I'll tell you what happened. It's the yard site of Ezra HaSeifer. Right, so Ezra's yard site was only two days ago. We have a tradition from this cipher, from Ezra, Shaya cipher, Mahir Bataras Masha. He was a very expert cipher. O Parshiyas Elu, and these Parshiyas, Acher Shemachalka, my son, the That which we know that they're divided, It must be a tradition that we have that Vayigash and Vayichi are two separate Parshiyas. And then the Gorari adds also, Parshiyas Vayigash and Parshiyas Vayichi are two different topics. 
So it must be a different parsha. Okay. What we are going to examine is a, a Gainistic answer from the Bechar Shar, Amesachta Psachim Anavavam Beis. He says like this. Anybody know what, what is the last Pasuk in Vayigash? What's the last Pasuk in Vayigash? Anyone have a Chumash? <laughs> no, no one? Yeah. They proliferated greatly. Ask the Bacharshar, they proliferated greatly. But we know that Klaistral did not begin to increase until the Shibud. Right? Ah. Until the Shibud. Now, right, how do we know they didn't begin to proliferate until the Shiva? Because the Pasuk says, oh. Now, we know the Shiva didn't begin until when? The first round, we just read it. Rashi says the Shiva began when Yaakov passed away. So if they didn't begin to proliferate until the Shiva began, and the Shiva didn't begin until Yaakov died, and Yaakov didn't die until the very first Pasuk in the Parsha, or until the end of the parasha, then how could the end of Ayigash say that we proliferated? We didn't proliferate yet. How could the end of Ayigash say, Vayifru Vayirbu Ma'ir? Didn't begin yet, because the Shiva didn't begin. So you'll say, that's not a question. Ein muktam mocha It also repeats itself twice. Well, they did, okay, maybe they did twice, but we have a tradition, they didn't begin to multiply until the Shiva, and the Shiva didn't begin. So you'll say, Ein mukta mulcha vayifru vayir at the end of Ayigash, really came after the, the Misa of Yaakov. Says the Bukharshar, the Gemara Sacham says, that when do we say, Ein mukta mulcha That's in two separate parashiyos. But in the same parsha, there is chronological order. Says Bukhashar, that's how Rashi knows that it's a new parsha. Because the end of Ayigash is Vayifru Vayir Bumaid. And then the next Pasuk talks about the Misa of Yaakov. But if Yaakov didn't die yet, then how could they be Vayifru Vayir Bumaid? The only answer is, Ein Mukta Mamukha There's no chronological order. But you can only say that if it's a separate parsha. So that's how Rashi knows that Vayichi is a new parsha. Otherwise, you'd be left with the question, Vayifru Vayir Bumaid. At the end of Ayigash, is after the next words, Vayichi Yaakov. The only way to explain that is if it's two separate parashiyos. So that's what he, look what he writes in number five. He says, Aval, Aval, Echad, Achad, and Yana, but in one Indian, Maidim, Muktam, Muktam, that which comes first comes first. It says like this. Bazati Rathi, with this I answered, Mashahikshu Rabim. That which many ask, Amashukas of Rashi, Reish Vayichi. Rashi writes at the beginning of Vayichi, Vuhumi Medrash Raba, Lama Parsha Zusasuma. So everyone asks, Rashi, No, no, Rashi, you could come Parsha Klal. Rashi wants to know why is the Parsha Sasum? I have a good Teretz, because it's not a new Parsha. Who told Rav, right? Which birdie told Rashi it's a new Parsha? So Bacharsha says, The Reim is Marchik is Atzmai. But I feel it's not a question at all. And it is not The multiplication did not occur until the Mitzvah began to subjugate us. 
We know the Sheba didn't start till Yaakov died. So your father by question then. Why would the Torah mention the proliferation before the death of Yaakov? The only answer is, You have to say there's no order. Ah, but we know in one parsha there is an order. It must be because of this lack of chronological order. That's how Rashi knows it's a new parsha. Okay, let's move on a little bit. Rashi says, right, new topic. Rashi says that when Yaakov Avinu passed away, the eyes and the hearts of Klai were stuffed up from the Shebud. Really? Is that really true? The Shebud began when Yaakov passed away? But if you remember your Chumash, Rashi in Ba'ira says that the Shebud did not begin until when? Until the brothers passed away. That so long as Levi was alive, the Shebud did not begin. When Levi passed away, the Shebud... So it's a contradiction in... Uh, in uh, Rashi, right? Rashi, you want to take a look. Now that you have your Chumashim in front of you, Rashi and Va'era, when it's around Shlishi time, Rashi and Parag Vav, Pasuk Tezayin, Rashi says, Lama Nimnush Naisav Shalevi, so that you could be able to figure out how many years the Shebud was. Right? Rashi, Vav Tezayin. So here Rashi is saying that the Shebud began already from the time of the Misa of Yaakov Avinu. So the Maskala David, one of the, uh, what we call a super commentary, one of the commentaries on Rashi uh, is bothered by this question. Akasha, the Hechi Kamar, how could we say, Shemiyad Shenifter Yaakov Hischal Shibud, that as soon as Yaakov died, the Shebud began? Okay. So says the Maskal of David, I will give you an answer to this question. You ready for this answer? At the end of Parshas Vayechi, When Yaakov Avinu passes away, so Yosef wants to gain the audience of Parai. So how does he do so? So it says in, take a look, Parak Nun, Pasuk Dalet. It says, Vayavru Yimei Bechisai. After they stopped crying for Yaakov, Vayadabar Yosef, Yosef spoke, El Beis Parai. Yeah? So would speak to the house of Paralemar. So Yosef comes to Paro's officials and he says, do me a favor, go speak to Paro. Well, wait a second. Yosef's second in command. He was speaking to Paro every day, face to face. All of a sudden now, he's not speaking to Paro anymore. He has to send it through some messengers. Why, why can't he speak to Paro directly? Says the Maskal of David, you know what we see from here? That from the moment Yaakov Avinu died, Yosef's relationship with Paro was not the same. The relationship was uh, strained a little bit. Cold. The whole reason, what? Uh, yeah, it was uh, cold. They didn't have the same closeness anymore. Why? 
the Shibud had already begun. It wasn't overt, but the seeds of the Shibud were already, uh, were, were already seen. Was yeah. it still the same parallel? Was, at that point, it was the same parallel. Later on in Shemos, then, you know, there's a question, was it, was it a new power? Did we say that the Shibud started so there, the, you know, Be'eretz Lohem, they were Geirim. They were Geirim Be'eretz Lohem. The Gola started. But the Shibud says, says um, Maskel Dov, take a look at number six. V'hanir l'aniyas da'iti, immediately after the death of Yaakov. Af al-gav da'hav Yosef Kayam, even though Yosef was alive, miyad ra'u simone Shibud. They saw immediately the signs of Shibud. Kedamrina nami perakamad desoita. Like we say in the Gemara Saita, Maishno Meikar the Sivayal Yosef Likbar Vayalu Itoi Kalavde Paroi Vahadar Vachobes Yosef Veachab. Right? If you remember, the Gemara's Medayek, that when Yosef went to bury his father, so who went with him? First the Avde Paroi, and then Yosef went. In other words, the Avde Paroi didn't give Yosef the respect that they always gave him. They went first, and Yosef followed him. The base power. It's interesting, right? When Yosef was going to bury Paroi, so it says the Avde Paroi walked first, and then Yosef followed. On the way back, it was in the reverse. Yosef came out first, and then the Avde Paroi. Why? Because at first the Avde Paroi weren't treating Yosef with so much respect. It's only when they saw all the cover that all the the Malchei Umay Sa'ilam gave Yaakov Avinu, so they were mechabed Yosef to walk first. But we see from here, how could it be, Hayyutachin, that the Avde Paroi did not treat Yosef with the same respect? The answer is, the cover that Yosef got when Yaakov was alive was not the same as after. Right? That's what he says. As soon as Yaakov died, the simon of Shibod began. You know where Shibod begins? When the Goyim, they want to put us underneath them. When they want to rule over us, that's the beginning of the Shibod. Ubarmendein, he says, besides this, Chazin Anami, we see, Sheyosef Atzmai Loi Hosek Dulasa Kolkach Kamai Aviv. Yosef's greatness was not as much as his father. Shehutzuch Ladaber and Beis Paroi. He had to speak with, speak with the house of Paroi. Ulchalis Paneim. And to beg them, Sheyishchanan Ula Paroi, that they should ask Paroi, Sheyanichei Ulelech Likbar Savadeh, they should allow him to bury his father. Shekeng Sivim Namat Sosichein. Daber Na. So what happened to Yosef's Gedula? What happened to Yosef's Korva with the Melech? But what happened was, when Yaakov Avinu died, things weren't the same. And that's why Rashi says, the Shiva didn't begin, the Tsaras HaShiva began. The actual bondage didn't begin, but the, uh, the Tsara of the Shiva, that is what began with the Misa of Yaakov Avinu. Okay? So if you ask the Maskele David, why did Yosef not speak to Paro directly? He would say, he didn't have that privilege like he once had. However, if you look in the Sfarno, turn over your sheets for a minute, the Sfarno seems to understand this differently. The Svarno says, Vayedaber Yosef el Beis Paroi, Ki yein lavoi el Shar HaMelech Bulvush Sak. What does that mean? Yeah. 
He's mourning for his father. Yeah. He was Ba'aninus of his father. He hadn't buried his father yet. What's he wearing? He's wearing his, you know, fancy uh, Egyptian uh, tunic. No. He's wearing the sackcloth. So he's going to go speak to the king in the sackcloth. <laughs> it wouldn't be respectable. So if he asked the Svarno, is there any indication from the fact that Yosef couldn't speak to Paro directly that the Sheba began? He said, of course, it had nothing to do with anything. The reason why Yosef couldn't speak to Paro directly is because it wasn't Bakavadek. He was dressed in the sackcloth. And in fact, if you look in the Meshachachma, the Meshachachma says the same thing as the Svarno. Look at number seven. He says, the Ramban's opinion is before you do the Kvura, you're not allowed to do anointing, you're not allowed to wash, you're not allowed to change clothing. He says, Lashitas Ramban, so that's why Yosef couldn't speak to Paro directly. What about the Rambam's opinion that an Onain is allowed to wash himself? Says the Meshachachma, the Gamla Rambam, the Onain Shari, even the Rambam, who, whose opinion is that an Onain may wash themselves, still it would not be respectable out of honor to his father to put on his royal garments. And that is why, according to Meshachachma, Yosef could not speak directly to Paro. Oh, there's another way of understanding the way I was in the square of Torah Hongkonger was that Yaakov made Yosef the square that he was going to do it wash, and then Yosef made Maybe, maybe that's another shot also. <laughs> so perhaps that's another shot also. The Svarno is saying that Yosef couldn't go because he was Ba'aninos. The Maskeladovit says, no, that's not why Yosef couldn't go. Yosef couldn't go because he lost his right, he lost his privilege. So Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky weighs in on this. Right? What's the reason? Right? Why couldn't Yosef go into Paro directly? Why did he have to go through an intermediary? Says the MS Yaakov, says Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky, this is a raya brura to my thesis, that Yosef's Hatzlacha in Mitzrayim was only in the Zechus of Yaakov. Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky writes, you know how Yosef became the viceroy in Egypt? to make the transition of Yaakov going down to Mitzrayim easy. To make it a smooth uh, transition, right? To make it uh, seamless, so it shouldn't, it shouldn't be rocky. And as soon as Yaakov is gone, Yosef has no more power anymore. Says Rabbi Yaakov, that's why I feel Yosef did not go directly into Paro. Aye, what about the fact that the Sparno says he couldn't go directly into Paro because he was Ba'aninos? So Yaakov Kamenetsky rejects that. You know why? Ba'aninus? What's the reason an oinin is now to put on fresh clothing? Kavod hames. You have to honor the dead. What kind of honor is it that you lost a relative and you're dressing up fancy? Says Rabbi Yaakov, in this case, it was kavod hames for Yosef to put on his royalty and secure the right to bury his father. So if the whole reason anointing is not to wear nice clothing is for honoring the mace, in this situation, the kavod hames would... Be, would obligate Yosef to, to put on the royal clothing. And therefore, the Emes Yaakov sides with the Maskal David that the reason why Yosef couldn't go directly into Paroi is because he lost the right. He lost the right. Very interesting. Look at number nine. It says, From here I prove, the entire success of Yosef, and his being appointed second in command, 
the Chalsidur Ha'anyanim Shalmetzrayim, and his able, his ability to arrange things in Egypt, the Chadoyma Nava Rak Mischusa Shal Yaakov, only came from the Schus of Yaakov Lemekdele Haikalalai Esirilam Etzayim to make the transition easy. Av Makim Shemes Yaakov. As soon as Yaakov died, Yared Yosef Machusai Yosef began to plummet. Otherwise, how do we understand why Yosef had to ask Paro through an intermediary? Right? The Vice President of the United States has to send some kind of, uh, send, the, send the doorman to ask the President a question. No, Yosef conversed with Paro. Paro said, it's not, it's not as if Yosef lost his power. He was the vice president for 80 years. This, Yaakov died 17 years after he got there. Yeah. So he's, he, let's say it's a couple of years after that, until they came, but he still has 60 years. But in terms of the, uh, you know, a person can maintain a position for a very long time, but the power of that position, sometimes it could be real power, sometimes it could just be, you know, a figurehead position. According to Rabbi Yaakov and the Maskele David, Yosef's okay. position was not the same after Yaakov Avinu died. And Rabbi Yaakov says, even though I saw in the Svarno that the reason why Yosef couldn't go directly to power is because of Avelus, Avel Tema, Harezel Echvaydoi Shalmes, Vimkain, Hayalai, Lilbaish, Big Day Machos. He should have put on Big Day Machos. Rabbi Sai, I'm going to show you a Rashi. You probably saw this Rashi a hundred times. One of the most Paladik Rashi, if you think about it. Rashi says like this. Yaakov Avinu is on his deathbed, and he tells Yosef, I want you to bury me in Eretz Yisrael. And I know you have kindness on me, that I didn't do the same for your mother Rachel. And I didn't bury her. I had reasons for that, Yaakov says. Now look at the words of Rashi. Vani bevoi mi padan. As I was coming from padan, right? Mesa alai Rachel baderach Ephras he baisla. Right? Says Rashi. Oh, look what Rashi says. V'yafa pishani matriach alecha loylecheni loylecheni li kaver ba'aretz kanan. Even though I'm bothering you to bury me in Eretz Yisrael, v'loy kacha sisi leimcha, and I didn't do that to your mother. She died near Beis Lechem. It almost sounds like I did not bury your mother in Eretz Yisrael. And look at the next Rashi. I buried her there. I didn't bring her into Beis Lechem. To go into Eretz Yisrael. So Rashi is saying that Yaakov is telling Yosef, I'm bothering you to bring me into Eretz Yisrael, even though I didn't bring your mom into Eretz Yisrael. So I'm saying, what? Yaakov didn't bury Rachel in Eretz Yisrael? Kever Rachel is not in Eretz Yisrael? I mean, Beis Lechem is a smack in the middle of Eretz Yisrael. Well, what's Rashi talking about? Yeah, you ever wonder that? <laughs> Probably one of the most famous Rashi's in all of Chumash, Right? And Rashi goes on to say, I did it with the Cheshbin, because when Klai was being exiled, Rachel Mevaka, Banea Rachel will cry for her children. So Yaakov says, don't have tightness on me that I didn't bury her in Eretz Yisrael. I mean, what's Eretz Yisrael then? <coughs> so Ramban wants to know, Kasav Rashi, 
Afilu lechem, and I didn't take her into Beis Lechem to bring her into the land. I don't know what the man's talking about. What, Chas V'Shalom, Yaakov buried Rachel in Chutz Aretz? Shahari Be'eretz Mesa, she died in Eretz Yisrael. V'Sham Nikbara, you're telling me all the people that go to Kever Rachel, and they put the red string, which the Paiskim say you shouldn't put on, it might be Avodah Zarah, that you're telling me they're all doing it in Chutz Aretz? Right? Ask Rabbi Yaakov Hilo if you put on the red string. Right? But, come on, you're telling me it's in Chutz Aretz? But people are going to Kever Rachel, they're damning in Chutzaz. Kamay Shanem, Rakam, Parsha, Mesa, Olai, Rachel, Bi'eret, Kanan. Ramban was a Rashi, forgot a Pasuk. Look in the beginning of Ayichi. It says, Yeah? You don't get more explicit than that. Right? That's what the Pasuk says, explicitly. Rachel died in the land of Canaan. It says further, right? When Yaakov Avinu earlier in the Torah of Ayava Yaakov Luza, Yaakov came to Luz, he based he came to Basel. In other words, he's in Eretz Yisrael. And there was a lot of land less to come to Ephras. Right? Think about it. The Pasuk says, Yaakov came to Luz, that was in Eretz Yisrael. And then he came to Basel. And he traveled from Basel to Ephras. And she died on the road from Basel and Beislechem. So obviously, Rachel died in Eretz Yisrael. So Abayisai, we're going to learn a very big chiddush. What is the definition of Eretz Yisrael? Right on Friday we mentioned that does Eretz Yisrael have kedusha today? Does Eretz Yisrael have kedusha today? Not so simple. Not so simple. A lot of people think so. The Rambam's position is that Yushalayim has kedusha. How about Eretz Yisrael? Only the areas that Ezra reconquered. But whatever Ezra didn't reconquer, Yehoshua. has no Kedusha. Now, how about before Yehoshua ben Nun got to Eretz Yisrael? Did Eretz Yisrael have Kedusha? It was better than uh, Japan, but it didn't have Kedusha. No, it did not have Kedusha. It, was, it, was, it might have had a certain... Uh, Kedusha, but Kedusha's Eretz Yisrael didn't have. Yeah, in the future. In the future. In the future. Not until Yehoshua ben Nun came, he was Mekadesh Eretz Yisrael. The Gemara has a question. Kidsha Rishayna, Kidsha Lashayta, Beloit Kidsha Laasilavah. When Yehoshua ben Nun walked through the land, you know how much Kedusha he put into it? Until the first base Amikdash was destroyed, and that's it. Kitshashniya, the Kedusha of Ezra, Ezra sanctified Eretz Yisrael for all times. Kitshashaita, the Kitshashlava. And the Ramam has a very Chidashtika uh, understanding of that. But in any event, Yaakov Avinu is coming to Eretz Yisrael. It's before Yehoshua ben Nun got there. 
Does the land have Kedusha? No. Nope. No Kedusha. Unless Yaakov makes a formal acquisition and Kenyan once he's Kainet. So now it belongs to Yisrael and now it has Kedusha. That is why if you look in Parashas Vayishlach, yeah, it says Yaakov Avinu comes to a city. Take a look at number 13. In the Svarno, Parashas Vayishlach, Lamed Gimel. Yeah, it says, Vayiken Eschalkas Asadeh. He bought the field. Vayatsev Shom Mizbech, and he put up a Mizbech. Understand? He's walking in an empty area. Nobody owns it. Just put up the Mizbech. What's he buying the field first for? No, nobody, nobody forced him to buy it. It doesn't belong to anybody. Why is Yaakov buying it? Says the Svarno, Ke'amroi, Eich, Nashir, Eshir, Hashem, Al, Admas, Nechar. How could I sing to God on foreign soil? Foreign soil? What's he talking about? It's Eretz Yisrael. It's near Shechem. He's saying, Yaakov had to buy the field. Look, look in the Pesukim. By Yishlach, Lamed Gimel, Pasuk Yotas. It says, By Yova Yaakov Sholein Ir Shechem, he comes to Eretz, to Shechem, Asher bi Eretz Kenan, By Yichan es Pnei Oir, By Yiken es Chalkas Asada, Yeah, By Yatsav Shomizbech. What's the Sorno saying? Sorno saying, he had to buy it, otherwise he'd be building Mizbech in Chutzlaretz? Yeah. Because Eretz Yisrael has no Kedusha unless you make a formal acquisition. Unless you make a formal acquisition. So Rav Gifter point... What? Yeah, also Avram Avinu had to buy uh, the Mars HaAchpela. What? Yeah. Yeah, if you actually, if you look in uh, the Gemara and Shabbos, on Lamed Gimel and Beis, the Gemara says, Vayichan Espeyayir, means he minted a coin. He minted a coin. Okay, so look at, look at Rav Gifter, look at number 14, Rav Gifter points out, Ayin Dvarav Haniflam Shal Asvarno, look at the wondrous words of the Svarno. Ka'amrai, the Svarno says, Eich Nashir Eshir Hashem Alan Masmechar. Ubir Hadvarim. The meaning is, Shechezkas Akum Be'eretz Yisrael Goyremes Bach Alois Shem Ad Masmechar. When Goyim live in Eretz Yisrael, it's not Eretz Yisrael. When they're on the land, that land is not Eretz Yisrael. Like we, well, the, the Gemara says that. Right? If a guy buys land in Eretz Yisrael, it's not Chayv in Shumas and Isras. Why? What happened to the Kedusha? What happened? It left. It left. Eretz Yisrael is not just a square latitude and longitude. Eretz Yisrael is land when we buy it and live in there. And if we're not living in it, it's not that, oh, Eretz Yisrael is in someone else's control. It's not Eretz Yisrael. It's Admas Nechar. It's foreign territory. That's what the Sfarno is saying. Yaakov had to buy the field, otherwise the Mizbeach would be like it's in the United States of America. What do you mean? It's in Eretz Yisrael. No. If you don't have a formal acquisition, Eretz Yisrael is not Eretz Yisrael. The definition of Eretz Yisrael is not the land between the Mediterranean and the Galilee. That's not the definition of Eretz Yisrael. The definition of Eretz Yisrael is that land that the Jews make a formal Kenyan on it at specified times in Jewish history. Right? So Yaakov Avinu had the right at that time to buy the field. The field then attained Kedushas Eretz Yisrael. Says the Chsam Soifer, look at number 12. Now we understand what Rashi means, that he didn't bury Rachel in Eretz Yisrael. He didn't bury, where else did he bury her? 
in Hawaii? I mean, where, of course, she's buried in Beis Lechem. Where else is, is she buried? Says Achsam Seifer. Look at this. Look on the third line. Even though Eretz Yisrael is our ancestral land, but Kedusha Eretz Yisrael does not exist unless you do certain things. Eretz Yisrael did not have Kedusha until Yeshua Benin conquered it. And Ezra did Chazaka on it with the permission of the King Kairish. And so long as Eretz Yisrael did not have Kedusha, wasn't sanctified, yes, it's better to live in that country than to live in uh, Switzerland or to live in Timbuktu. But nevertheless, it's a lot better than Egypt. It is the gateway to heaven. It has a din of chutzlaretz. You hear that? Yeah, it's a tremendous chiddush. That Yaakov is telling Yosef, I buried Rachel in chutzlaretz. What do you mean? It's in Eretz Yisrael. No. The land wasn't sanctified. It's chutzlaretz. Levad mi maras except for the maras hamachpelah was Eretz Yisrael. Why? Like you said, shekane Avram, lemiknem adoni haaretz menechayv. Why? That's why the Torah makes such a big deal that Avraham purchased the maras hamachpelah. His purchase of it created kedusha Eretz Yisrael to that cave. V'yakov kana makom lemizbeach b'shchem b'meaksita. By the way, right? You see the Chassam Sefer saying a little different than the um, Rav Gifter. Rav Gifter is saying that. The Goyim, owning it, takes it out of the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. Chassam Seifer saying, no, you need to make it Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. It's not that the Goyim's ownership removes it from the state of Eretz Yisrael. It doesn't attain the state of Eretz Yisrael until you actively purchase it. The Hu Adinami. Listen to this. Says Chassam Seifer, you know what Yaakov is telling Yosef? If I would have taken Rachel's body and brought her into the city of Beis Lechem and bought her a Makam Kavura, then I would have buried her in Eretz Yisrael. But I didn't do that. I left her in a Hefker field. And I didn't buy it. So I buried her in Chutzlaretz. I buried her in Chutzlaretz. That's a big Chiddush. What are you trying to tell you? So he's saying, even though I buried your mother in Chutzlaretz, and I'm bothering you to take me into Eretz Yisrael, the Maras HaMachpela, I had a reason for burying him. But what we're bothered by is the words of Rashi. What's Rashi saying? That, that Yaakov buried Rachel in Chutzar. Says the Chsam Seifer, no. If I would have taken her into Beis Lachem, and I would have bought a kever, but now that I buried her in the field, so if you were to ask, where is Rachel buried? In Eretz Yisrael. In Eretz Yisrael, because Yehoshua Benun conquered that area. But at the time Yaakov buried her, Yehoshua Benun hadn't got there. So he so said the right things to Yosef. He said the exact thing. Everything he says, Emes Amita. Emes Amita. Amita. What? Yeah, why? Because the Ramban said that Rachel had to die before Yaakov entered Eretz Yisrael. Because you couldn't have two wives in Eretz You could have two wives by Lavan, but you couldn't have them by in Eretz Yisrael. So if he says that, that means that according to him... Oh, so you have to say when the Ramban says Yaakov kept the Torah in Eretz Yisrael, I, there was no such thing as Eretz Yisrael except for the Maras Pela. He definitely doesn't mean Yaakov only kept the Torah in the Kever. Right? So that means, like you said before, Eretz Yisrael is certainly better than Japan. 
But Kedushas Eretz Yisrael did not have. By Rabbi Glassin, when Avraham Avinu walked L'Orchav L'Orchba, he's Bekadosh all the Eretz Yisrael. No, he made it that later Hashem would give us the land, but he wasn't Bekadosh the Eretz Yisrael. No. Who was that? Avraham. What? Oh. In other words, when Yeshua Benun got into Eretz Yisrael, was it immediately Chayiv and Shumas and Maisos? No. Not until he finished the kibosh. I, what do you mean, Avram Avinu? No, Avram Avinu just made it that Hashem would give us this land. But Kedushas Haaretz. But we don't talk over about Kedushas Haaretz. A kever doesn't have to have a Kedusha. But it's like Chutz Haaretz then. What's the difference between Eretz Yisrael and Chutz No, but Avram Avinu did the Ma'alach that we, we earned the, the land. We earned the land by Avram Avinu. We earned the land. So, but to have Kedusha, we need Yeshua Benun. Eretz Yisrael did not have Kedusha Bimei Avram Avinu. The same, way, the same way it didn't have Kedusha, let's say in the 70 years between Bayes Rishon and Bayes Sheni. Did Eretz Yisrael have Kedusha? No. Gemara says no, absolutely not. Not until Ezra came back. When right, the Jews that were living in Eretz Yisrael, according to Chassam Soifer, it, it's better than Mitzrayim, but it doesn't have Kedusha Saaretz. Kedusha Saaretz is not a nice... Fuzzy feeling, you know. I like till it's the Jewish homeland, it's the land of Avram Yitzchak Yaakov. That's very nice, but it didn't have kedusha saaretz. Yitzchak didn't leave Eretz Yisrael because he was married. Not in the not in the halachic sense. Is there some kind of idea aviro da aramachim? I could buy into that. That's what he's saying. It's still shara shamayim. It's still a, it's still a place where tulos are makubal. But to say kedushas haaretz means the land, the dirt has kedusha, right? And today, today it has kedusha. Yeah, because Ezra sanctified it for all times. Whatever Ezra did not get to doesn't have kedusha. And Yerushalayim has kedusha too. Yerushalayim always has kedusha according to the Rambam, not according to Orisha. The Rambam says kedushas Yerushalayim is kedushas Ashkina, v'shchina lei batla, but not everyone is convinced of that. In the times of the Me'iri, people used to daven in the Harabayas. Nowadays, if you go there, there's a sign, according to Jewish tradition, we don't daven here. Right? Because according to the Rambam, if you go to Harabayas, Yechayev... Kares. Kares. According to the Ramban, if you go to the Harabayas, what do you chayev? Nothing. It's a good idea to go there, according to Ramban. <laughs> what about the Ravid? The Ravid says, don't go there. <clears throat> but according to Ravid, it's, not, it's, not, it's only not nice to go there. It's only, Kares. only in front of the Kotel. Yeah, but I'm saying that's because we're choshish for the Rambam Shita, that Kedushas Yushayim is Kedushas Hashchina. Not everybody agrees, agrees to that. The Ramban learns. Um, the Goyim came, Kedusha left. It's gone. You could go on the Harabais, you could do whatever you want there, you could take pictures. But we're choshish for the Shita of the Rambam, Safik Darais to the Chumrah. Okay, we'll end off with one thing. Very interesting. Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar brings down, we won't read it inside. That Yaakov Avinu looked at the names of all the Shvatim, Ruvain, Shimon, Levi, Yudha, Yisach, Zvon, Dan, and he saw that there were two letters that they don't have. Ches and Tes. Chait. So he said, oh, there's no Chait. So let me tell you when the Kates will be. But then, says Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar, he saw they also don't have another two letters. Kuf and Tzadi. They don't have Kates either. So therefore he decided not to tell them the Kates. So Chassam Sever wants to know, oh, wait a second. What was the Havamina? What was the Maskana? You know, he thought they don't have Ches and Tes. So whenever he looked at the letters and saw they didn't have Ches and Tes, he should have also seen they didn't have Kuf and Sadi. Well, what's the shot? He saw they didn't have Ches and Tes. He was about to tell them 
But then he saw they didn't have Kuf and Sadi either. At the very moment he saw they don't have Ches and Tes, he should have seen they don't have Kuf and Sadi. So Chassam Surfer says like this. Even though Yaakov Avinu knew from the very beginning that the brothers don't have Kuf and Sadi in their names, they don't need to. You know why? Because they're one kibbutz. They're one kibbutz. They're one gathering. And the word kibbutz has Kuf and Sadi in it. That's until Yaakov Avinu realized what happened to Yosef. But moments before his patira, Hashem showed him benavua vayimaruhu varaybu that they made Yosef's life miserable, that they sold Yosef. Yaakov had not known. The brothers never told him. Yosef never told him. Hashem never told him. Yaakov still thought Yosef was kidnapped and somehow he ended up as Viceroy of Egypt. Not until his final moment did he see Benavua that they made, they sold Yosef. So Yaakov said, I guess this kibbutz, this achdos that I thought they had, they don't have. So then not only do they not have the ches and the tes, they don't have the kuf and the tzadi either. And until that kibbutz is rectified, we're not going to know when the cakes will be. Wow.